Welcome to this episode of Right Stuff with me, Chris Fitzgerald, and produced by Daniel O'Connor through the Headstuff Podcast Network. In this episode, I spoke to Emily Pine, who has recently released a book of essays called Notes to Self. The essays within this, they deal with the kinds of issues that we're often reluctant to talk about. Emily talks to me here about how and why she wrote about these topics and the kinds of reactions she's getting for writing so candidly about these very personal themes. We recorded this, as you can probably hear, at a festival at All Together Now in Currymore House in Waterford, uh, where Emily was speaking. I'd like to say thanks a million to Steph and Jenny of We Are Redhead for making this possible. So please enjoy this chat with Emily Pine. Emily, how are you? Thanks Good. for joining us on Right Stuff. Um, you're here, you're doing some kind of spoken word here, right? Or what uh, Juvenalia you podcast. Okay. I'm going to talk about my favourite childhood books. Okay, and what are you going to talk about? Uh, mostly Little Women and my perverse love for very moral girls' stories from the okay. 19th century. <laughs> okay, brilliant. Are you going to do any readings from your essays? No, I'm not, as far as I know, unless they okay. spring one on me. But okay. And you've just brought out this collection of six essays. Yeah, Notes um, to Self. Notes to Self. And do you want to tell us about those yeah, bit. so it started um, with my dad was several years ago went through, he's been an alcoholic my whole life and had gone into liver failure and he lives in Greece so that added an extra layer because Greek hospitals are really underfunded so I'd spent some time in Greece um, trying to get him out of intensive care and then eventually to get him back to Ireland and um, we spent a year basically, the happy ending is that he's okay oh. and he's not drinking which is brilliant mm. um, but it also was like this huge topic mm. and I really wanted to write about it and partly to get it out of my own head and partly because I think in Ireland we're well, very familiar with alcoholics in mm. our families and with addiction issues and so on and I really wanted to write about what I thought was true for me, but maybe also true for other people. Um, I gave that essay to Lisa Cohn um, from Tramp Press, and uh, she and Sarah Davis-Goff basically commissioned the book as a base on the basis of that one essay. It was amazing. Um, I've said before that they gave me permission, and really what they did was say, go write what you want to write, and... um, same sort of things informs all the, f- the other five essays. Uh, what are the things I'm really passionate about? What are the things we're meant to not talk about publicly? What are the things we should stay quiet about? What are the things we worry about at four o'clock in the morning, you know, when it's dark and we're alone in our own heads? And uh, I thought there was maybe a power in putting that on the page. Um, in, in owning up to all the things that I wish people didn't know about me but are now out in the world uh, but that in, in putting them on paper and asking other people to read them and, and I've been overwhelmed by the response to that uh, to say uh, let's break the silence on this um, I mean I'm not the first person to break the silence on it it says a lot about the level of silence in Ireland still um, that, it's, that it has been received so well yeah. and honesty is a word that's kind of been attributed to those six essays because alcoholism is not the only what we might call heavy topic that you, you write about um, but honesty is something that paradoxically is quite difficult isn't it I mean did you find it the process of writing so honestly kind of therapeutic for yourself as well because you, you were expressing things that you hadn't even really spoken about before uh, events in your life that were difficult uh, yeah. so I mean when people engage in writing, they're often writing a novel and they're thinking about it all the time. When you were writing these essays, were they kind of worming away at you while you were trying to go about your daily life as well? That must have been quite difficult. Yeah, I'm nodding very strongly here. Um, so I, mm. I'm, I steer clear of words like therapeutic uh, okay. because 
And it's funny because as somebody who's an academic and I write about memory studies all the time, so I've actually written about other people's autobiographies and said things like, oh, you know, very cathartic and stuff. And having now done it myself, yeah, there is something incredible. And, and one of the reasons for the title of the book is that I wrote it for myself, you know, and I, and I tried really hard not to think about other people reading it in order to be as honest as possible. But yeah, as you say, I mean, one of the topics that I wrote about um, was the, the, my kind of facing up to the fact and saying the word rape for the first time and applying it to how I had the kind of what I had always thought of as the sex that I'd had against without my consent, which mm. obviously is the definition of rape, but I'd never used that word before. And language was really important to me in which words I chose uh, to write the stories in and to, to really own that experience. And it was, I suppose, therapeutic in the sense that putting a narrative on anything is comforting to an extent because you think right well I've got I get to tell the story now as opposed to be subject to the story but the flip side of it is that all the emotions and you say you know you think about it all the time yeah suddenly it was current when it had been over 20 years ago so I hadn't really I hadn't thought about it for a long time and so suddenly I had to kind of tell my family had to tell my friends and people who love me and that was that was actually emotionally really really difficult yeah yeah well, there's so much going on there while you're trying to write these essays, but it was the writing that instigated all of that. So are you kind of appreciative of that now? Yeah, yeah. I am. Like, the writing came first. I think there's an... And I'm sure whatever you write, you know, when you when you step back from it and you look at it, you know, on the bookshelf or within covers, you think, oh, I did something quite large. But in the moment it was very of writing, it was very intense. And I was just writing the one thing that I was writing at that moment. It, I mean, it took over my waking life, you know, yeah. it's kind of 6 a.m. before going to work and, yeah. you know, still writing at 11 o'clock at night, yeah. um, which in a weird way kind of went with my idea of the writer as some kind of tortured person um, who has to do things in an extreme way. And maybe Maybe um, actually doing it nine to five would be easier and better. Uh, but I do think people talk about, you said honesty, people talk about honesty. It is about being honest with yourself first yeah. and not shying away. There's a, it's funny because we're recording this at a festival. The last festival I was at, last music festival I was at was 1995, Glastonbury. <laughs> and I, I think of that as, as kind of the last the end of the teenage crazy years because right. um, I, I was just leaving school then. And being back at a festival, and, and you know, I was somebody asked me earlier, oh, what was Glastonbury like in 1995? And I was like, oh, telling hilarious stories. And then I was thinking, you know, I didn't sleep for three days. <laughs> I was in a really bad way. Uh, you know, I don't remember who I was there with, who I went home with, all of those sort of questions. So there's a kind of funny version um, of a lot of stories of trauma and, the, you know, that we, we tell in order to make it easier for ourselves yeah. and for other people around us. Yeah. And then there's the serious, really honest version. And I, if I was going to write about it I wanted to do the serious honest version yeah. which is actually much more upsetting um, but again I think now one of the kind of outcomes of having written the book is that people have been telling me their stories yeah. and that's really powerful because it becomes a conversation and I'm amazed at the things that I didn't know about people who I thought I knew quite well yeah. and that the number of people I've met who I didn't know at all before this and I'm amazed at what people carry around mm. and and keep silent and mm. um, you know the number of silent miscarriages um, and, and other losses like that and the kind of grief that people mm. live with it's people are incredibly strong um, but also I think you know I would say to other people writing is is a really interesting way of exploring mm. it yeah. not therapeutic mm. but interesting yeah and just connecting with people like that I mean at a festival like this 
which is kind of almost utopic in the kind of setup. Oh, it's gorgeous. But you're, you know, you're looking around and you're kind of still thinking, geez, everybody's carrying something with them. Yeah. And you are creating that kind of empathetic space for people to express that, I guess, which is beautiful. Yeah, and I mean, well, this is kind of verging into kind of thinking about health and well-being, but I remember my, my niece was stillborn and um, I remember, you know, I'd never been through anything like that before and it was kind of the worst grief. And I remember going to work I work in UCD. There's a lot of people, you know, be passing everybody in the in the corridor, and I was thinking, right, well, I'm carrying this grief. Nobody around me in the corridors knows that. That means that I don't know what their griefs are, and it it really comes home that everybody has something. You know, when someone is rude to you, or doesn't hold the door for you, or isn't doing well, and you don't know, you really there's always a story behind it. So much is hidden, and at UCD you research and you. Uh, write about memory studies and humanities and this was kind of a massive reflection for you writing these six essays as well so was there an influence I mean from your academic background into this kind of reflective there probably is um, a couple of things you know I'm used to writing essays they don't they aren't usually personal essays but I I like the form because I like the idea that the essay is thematic based so you take one idea or one kind of subject whether it's alcoholism or fertility um, or you know uh, work my final the final essay is actually about working mm. um, and you look at it from several different angles and I also the the essays I read that I really enjoy are, are quite reflective and quite self-consciously yeah. so so almost all of the essays I use the word I obviously but I also try and step back from the page and say you know when I visit the essay about my dad um, the first essay that I wrote when he read it there were things that he saw very differently and so I included a section in in that essay saying that my memories and his memories are not the same and what is that like I'm trying to convince him that he should change his memories to agree with my memories and you know so that is that shows the influence of the kind of work that I do in academia you know because you have that kind of objective view of memory and or the kind of academic view of it anyway in that you you know the ideas of collective memory and um, almost revisionism is slightly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and, and that memory is constructed. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, there were things, there were details that my sister corrected, for example, and okay. I was thought, oh no, I thought I knew that. Right. Um, uh, but memory is always about the present day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so yeah, the, the essays are very much about who I am now as opposed mm. to, it's not the version of myself I would have written when I was 16, even when I'm writing about being 16. Yeah. And again, it's one of the things I say in um, something about me, the fifth essay, is that when I was a teenager, I didn't have the vocabulary. So I would never have been able to say, I'm lonely or I'm depressed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even as an adult, actually, I think there's still quite a lot of stigma around saying I'm depressed publicly. Course, yeah, um, yeah. And I only suffer from very mild depression. And, but yeah, so I think I think that stigma is something yeah. to 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 be aware of. Yeah, but people are talking about it more now, and it is are, getting yeah. into the consciousness. And the taboo is kind of being lifted slowly, I think. Um, yeah. But so, Nosa Self is just out, and you're kind of you're working on promoting that and everything. Would you ever put yourself through that again? Is there something else coming? Down <laughs> I don't have any more trauma. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I I would love to keep writing essays. Uh, one of the things that I, has been a great joy is that I am very proud of them as pieces of writing um, and that 
a lot of people are reading them. Uh, and that, that's something that is difficult when you're an academic because it's, there's notes to self, it is my second book because my first book yep. is an academic book, right? Yeah. And people read that too and I get yeah. to teach it and students study it and so on. Um, but it, there is something great about the bigger appeal of, of writing more mainstream. Mm. Um, more satisfying in a way or... Satisfying in a different way. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get uh, you, yeah. Satisfying, you know, and, and, and I did wonder, would it be, somebody told me this is going to be career suicide for you um, in publishing this because it kind of breaks the rules of being objective. Yeah. And, uh, and I've had more than one person say to me in non-complimentary terms, I would never publish this book uh, as a professional. And there was part of me that... I think women are particularly in, in the professional world, women are particularly paranoid that, and with paranoid actually is that you don't have a reason for it. We're particularly concerned um, that we're somehow seen as too much defined by our bodies or by our biographies and we try to avoid that and have had to. Uh, so I worried about that and I worried about how it would go. I have to say I had incredible support from University College Dublin, from yeah. the School of English that I teach in, um, who have, have really seen it as as an important form of writing and that's been really reassuring and inspiring actually. Brilliant. Thanks a million Emily. Thanks oh, for chatting thank to you us. For thank you for so asking much. me. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a million again to Emily for that lovely chat at All Together Now. So please like, share, review and subscribe to the podcast. We have many more great interviews with great writers coming up. Um, you can get updates on this if you follow us on Twitter at Write Stuff Chris. Thank you for listening. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.